is on you. What's going on, baby? It's the American Hammer here, and I'm hyped and ready to rock and roll for the Three Count Podcast. Keeping it simple, keeping it plain, Jane, and having a nice conversation, baby. Bad. Let's get this thing started in three, two, one. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast. Presents now entering, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up that mountain called wrestling. And by season four in our 340-something episode, I would just hope you say it with me, I am your Sherpa, because like your tribal chief, acknowledge me. But like every good Sherpa, you got to ask someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. So who's entering the ring? You can find this man at AXW. You can find this man at the Wrestling Open, CZW, Outbreak, PCWA, and so much more. He is bold. He's got muscles. He's got that feathered mullet. He is the man, the myth, the legend, the man known as the American Hammer. Man. What's going on, man? How you feel? That was that was a that was a beautiful introduction, man. You got me feeling like uh feel like a superstar right now. Thank you, brother. Hey, let's get it, man. No, I'm hyped, man, because like uh we actually met each other at quarantine for like a yes. random taping. And yes. then like we just kind of like kept running into each other just here, there, and then you know, you made your debut at the wrestling open, and I was like, hey, yo. This is fate. We got to make this thing happen. <laughs> yes. 110 percent is crazy. Like uh, how long ago the quarantine stuff was. And like, you know, we like we met each other sort of right off the rip, like right when I started like doing shows and stuff like very early on back yeah. uh, when Outbreak was still cooking, baby Outbreak quarantine. And I'm, that, those were those were good times holding it down in the dungeon, man, just recording those on those uh, cold days. It was sick. It was a great time. It was definitely, it was definitely cold days. <laughs> we we're all back there, just like God, man. We need to get this match going because I'm cold and I want to warm up. Yeah, man, yeah. But the uh, it was super dope. When uh, especially I never really had an experience with like a crowd before at that point. But like even just the wrestlers getting into it, rallying behind the people, to help bring up some of the energy, especially when it was like a couple tapings a day or something like that. So it was a uh, nice vibes. Yeah, definitely. And so. You know, I followed you, and then we ran into each other again at XW, part of a uh, Martin Stone's uh, seminar. Yes. And then, like, I wanted to be like, "Hey, you know," because I've been following you kind of close, like, ever since like we met at quarantine. So I've been like, "Hey, you're just kind of peeping in and out." And I was like, "Yo, I definitely, I love the energy like this guy brings. He's got like all this hypeness." It's like, of course, I gotta have this guy come on the podcast because, yeah, this is just great fun. Yeah. And I so, definitely uh, am hyped to be on, man. So let me ask, man. Let me start this off. Who's Matt Quay? I mean, that is a loaded question. That's a very loaded question. You know, I think uh, when we break it down on what Matt Quay is, I don't think it differs too much from what the American Hammer is. I mean, as you can see what I got right now, I got the Rocky poster right there that I could bang off, you know, word for word off the top of my head, you know, about and how hard you hit. It's about how hard you could get hit and keep moving forward, how much you could take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. I like to take that. I like to try to take that uh, mindset into pro wrestling, into life at all times. You know, obviously life is difficult. It has its ebbs and its flows of how you think and how you feel about stuff. But it's all about just sort of pulling it in together, getting back up and getting back to work. So I'm just about persistent progression, getting back up and pursuing your passions, man, all while trying to keep it all centered, you know? <laughs> That's like one of the hardest things to do, though, is like, 
there's always something going on. So you always want to make sure you're keeping like in that same movement and keep that same, same flow. And it's, yeah. it's one of those things like I figured out too, like, you know, getting in this business, like it was a it, one, my whole idea was I just wanted to get into the business. Cause I was like, yeah, you know, why not pro wrestling is one of my things I've been following since I was a kid. And oh, I, yeah. like, I want to get into this. I want to get into this. Cause I would just want to see if I can hang and bang. And now that like, I've been doing this for a couple of years, I'm like, all right, well, I know I can hang and bang. Like now, how much further can we really take this? And then you're right. Like yeah. there's been like lots of ups and downs that go into this business. And I don't think people like prepare. I think everybody like that gets into the business suddenly thinks, oh man, I'm in like, all right, well, WWE will call me any day. And it's like, nah, man, like yeah, there's I, a lot more work to do. <laughs> that's facts. And it, and Back to the Rocky poster, it ain't all sunshine and rainbows, man. When you're pursuing a passion, when you're pursuing a dream, and when you have goals, you're going to fall down. It's going to get tough. It's going to get you know, a little difficult up here. You just got to re-navigate, think correctly, think positively, and just give your best foot forward and just live in the moment. Very difficult to do, but you know, it's very it's good for this business. It's funny because you mentioned that, right? Living in the moment, and that's like such a, a, a beautiful way of saying things because – uh, it took me even just to like this last year, right? And, and I had moved to Massachusetts from Maryland. And when I was in Maryland, like I was always just like, yo, I got the next show coming up. And I was always worried about the next show. Even when I was at a show, I'd be like, all right, so we have this, we got to do this, 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 yeah. this, this. I'm worried about the next moment. And it was when I was reading, I was reading uh, Be Like Water, uh, the Bruce Lee book, right? And as oh, I'm like reading it and like I'm, I'm like listening, he's talking about this scene in the movie uh, um, Into the Dragon, right? Where him and his student are like training and he's like, yeah. yo, throw me a roundhouse kick. So his student throws like this, like beautiful, like roundhouse kick. He's like, yo, what is this? A, uh, a demonstration? He's like, no, hit me. He's like, so the guy then throws like an angry roundhouse kick. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, you're misunderstanding what I'm saying. He's like, be in the moment with me when you do this. And they didn't talk about anything, but this moment like flows so beautifully. And the funny part was it, it was a shoot. Like they were really thrown back and forth. They were just caught in a moment. And so finally Bruce like stopped it. And he was just like, all right, how do you feel? And so the student went to think, he smacked him. He was like, no, 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 no. How do you feel? He's like, right now, this moment. It's such a beautiful thing. Like you saying, like, you just got to be present, be in the yeah. moment, and enjoy what's going on. That's facts, man. And that is a beautiful metaphor for pro wrestling and sort of what we do in the ring and, and what we do, you know, like each show, because I think it's so, so important to, you know, especially be like, that's a wonderful lesson of life. You need to currently be in the present moment in life at all times. And that's one of the hardest things to do because it can always bounce around. And it's the same thing with pro wrestling. Same thing when you're in the ring, same thing when you're at a show, same thing when you're about, you know, you're thinking about the next show, as you were saying, or even in the match, when you're thinking about the next thing, what's going to happen next, what's going to come next, just be there, be in that moment, feel it flow like water. And only then will you get you truly how you feel in that moment because a lot of wrestling is reacting not thinking but reacting so that's uh that is that's an incredible uh analogy right there it was funny because like recently i had been at a show in uh um in springfield massachusetts right and uh i had all these things planned out like what i wanted to do in the match and so i was like all right well let me run out here let me go have fun like jump you know talk to the crowd and stuff and everything kind of played off that way right so I come out, mind you, we're in a we're in an ice rink and there's like all these nice. like pads on the ground and the pads are gaining condensation, right? Because they're obviously oh. so as I'm running around the ring, I hook on hook around and as I come, I, my foot slips and I fall, hit the ground. I pop back up and I'm like, yo, we're safe. 
Yeah. Everything was great. Yeah. And I was like, to oh, me you call like a baseball, like safe. Nice, <laughs> nice, 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 so I, nice. I jumped back in the ring and I just, I jumped back in the ring and uh, my friend Eric Acton, right from Maryland, actually was yeah. like, uh, he goes, yeah, is that what we do, idiot? We just, like, fall randomly. We just – we're at ice rink. We're not in a baseball field. And I was like, shut up. It just <laughs> happens. It was black ice. I didn't see it. And then, uh, yo, so not even, like, three minutes later, he gets thrown out the ring. He puts his feet down, slips out, and falls. And he's like, I owe Cliff the biggest apology. But it was just the moment that, like, I slipped, I fell. And I was like, I could – there's, like, two things you could have done. You could have just laid there. Yeah. Just, whatever. Or – you just pop back up, and and it's my character is kind of like comedic, comedic mercenary. So I was like, all right, we gotta get up, we gotta play this off, keep it moving. <laughs> and that's valid, and bro, that's what you gotta do, especially in those moments. And you'll find it's crazy how naturally the things will just kind of tie in, like the fact of like, because you're saying how like uh, he was playing to it in the match, or was he roasting you like backstage, or like he roasted you like in the ring after you in fell? the ring, in the ring. Yeah, so then that's beautiful. Like three minutes later during the match, he goes outside, then he slips. Like that's the beauty of the spontaneity of pro wrestling, where it's like if and and you know that goes to show that not every mess up is bad. You know, and that's sort of a metaphor of life too for failure and messing up. Of like if you if you fall down. And you decide to get up as you did and make the best of that moment, you'll, you know, something will come along a little bit later that will make that moment even better, you know, yeah. make that bad moment great. So, like, that's uh, that's the beauty of pro wrestling and kind of ties into life a little bit. That's that's super cool. That's super cool. What brought you into the business? Uh, so, I mean, pro wrestling was always something that I loved since I was 11. You know, first thing I saw was the CM Punk pipe bomb promo. Played SmackDown vs. Raw 2008 all night on the uh, 24-7 mode, and I was hooked. You know, and coming up, I, I I loved wrestling. I would always, you know, I would wrestle with my friends. We'd throw the cushions down. We had, like, a whole league that we would do, you know, as I'm sure, like, everybody did. Yep. And uh, so when I turned 18, I decided to start training. I trained at Chikar for, like, a year and a half until uh, my car broke down at a King of Trios, the King of Trios in Reading. My car broke down, had to take it to the shop, didn't have it for a gripski because I didn't really have the money to take it out. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to take a little time off of wrestling. I was doing college at the time. You know, I was rocking and rolling with the normal life. And then, you know, through, you know, I went through a little bit of a breakup, went through a little bit of some family stuff. And, I, and you know, that's when I just got, it was all just pent up and built up. And I was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't love this school stuff. I don't want to do this school stuff. I love pro wrestling. And I truly, truly believe that if I give my all to this, then I could make something out of it. So then that's when I decided, you know, through, through, you know, through, through a little bit of pain and, you know, and a little, but also through passion, I decided to pursue that. And I've just taken these last uh, two years living in the moment enjoying the moments and truly embracing what pro wrestling is, which is a beautiful outlet that I love and gives me a tremendous feeling when I get to feel the energy of that crowd. And when you have a match that you're proud of, you know, it's a, it's a truly wonderful thing. It's a truly wonderful thing. So that's kind of what got me rocking and rolling into it. Now I'm in, I'm locked in. And I'm I'm hoping to go 25 plus years. So that's uh, I'm I'm ready to rock, and I'm ready for the ups and downs of the business. I know it's going to be a crazy ride, but I'm in the car for it, baby. You uh, you mentioned something, man, that just like it gives you guys these this big outlet, right? And I think that's like an important thing because, uh, that's that's ultimately what wrestling became to me, right? Like I I came I came out of uh 
at the Air Force. You know, I really didn't know what I was wanting to do. And I was just trying to figure out like what this life is all about and what I wanted, where I wanted to be at. Right. Uh, I yeah. just knew like eventually I wanted to give to like a bigger purpose, but I just didn't know what that purpose was. And so when I got into pro wrestling um, and I took my first couple bumps and then I got into a show and I took more bumps and then I got into other shows and just kept working, I realized like this was like my mental escape. Like mentally, I just, it's something about the crowd hitting the mat. Yep. And, yep. Like, whatever putting on a performance for the crowd it was just on another level for me that i was like i i need this to help myself feel sane and uh yeah. maybe yeah. maybe it's kind of twisted because it's like it i mean let's be real like wrestling pro wrestling is a is a form of self-harm like we are literally just throwing ourselves on the mat and getting that's true up for, for the reaction of the people you know it is and <laughs> And it is for it's for the physicality too. I think I think a lot of reasons why it is an outlet is that that physical outlet, especially you know people who are into physicality sports and weren't able to continue that, or you know anybody who just sort of likes that physical contact and making it feel like you're in it. And I think that also goes to being in the moment. Like I think why it's such a great outlet is because when you're in the ring and when you're fully locked into the ring and when you're fully feeling the reaction and just moving and reacting off of that reaction, you're fully in the moment. And that's like being fully in the moment is being like fully in touch with the universe itself. And I think that's why that's such a tremendous outlet for, for so many people in pro wrestling. And it's a tremendous outlet for people who enjoy watching wrestling. It's just, it's time to fully be in the moment, let everything else go and just flow as a collective of, you know, whether it's, whether it's a hundred people or a hundred thousand people, it's a collective group of people all in the same moment together, just like feeling, you know? So I think that's why it's such a great outlet for people. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Hold on one second. No worries. Hey yo, are you you doing okay? My puppy is like literally like foaming at the mouth right now. What? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Is he okay? She's fine. She she. Yeah. Just I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for her to throw up. That's really. Oh what okay. All right. The, all right. The puke's coming. That's valid. Yeah. That's, That's valid. why I was like, I'm watching her. I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I was like, I see, and I would rather have you do on the hardwood floor than I do on the carpet. So <laughs> that's valid. That's valid. <laughs> dang, <laughs> dang, I made your dog yak with all my uh, all my gibberish. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you good? Go lay down. Go lay down. Stop licking yourself. You're not a freaking cat. That's why you're always hacking up stuff. Air balls. Yeah, so she's always like cleaning herself, and then she's like just randomly. Um, all right, hey, lay down again. The licking of yourself, your fur is not like that. Okay, it cleans itself. You're fine. All right, so we'll kick it back up. She throws up. It is what it is at this point. Uh, cold chilling, man. So we'll go. Uh, all right, I got. I'll, I'll start us off, and then uh, we'll get into the next question. So uh, three. Two, one, yo. So, seeing how we all have these kind of stories, you've been in for a few years now, and so it's kind of like fun to ask this question, right? But uh, what's the worst bump you've taken? Ooh, ooh, ooh. That is a that's a good question. That's a good question. The worst bump I've taken. I mean, honestly, there's been a couple bumps 
I mean, I just took a, I just took a, uh, I just took a body slam on the, uh, on the wooden floor at the last CZW show. That one, that one, yeah, it wasn't too bad. But if I had to think of bumps that, I mean, if I, an unintentional bump, uh, that kind of really jacked me up, that really hurt the most. Um, I was doing a, I was, I had, I had this match, and there was, uh, I guess it was sort of like almost like hockey rink type cement floors um and so i was going to ram the guy into the post and there was some soda that got spilled on the ground so it was super slippery and as i threw him into the post i or i got posted it was i think i got posted and as i got posted i was i sort of slipped wasn't able to take the bump as well as i wanted to and my left knee whacked right into the corner and it hurt I still, I still got like a little lump protruding out. I don't know if it's, it's happened like maybe a year ago, a little over. Feels totally fine now, but I was limping for about a week. So that might have been like my worst, uh, my, my most painful bump. <laughs> I remember like, I, I've told this story a few times, like on the show now. Uh, my, my, my worst bump, right? I, um, it was, it was like March and where I trained at um, in Baltimore, it was outdoors. So it's March, it's cold, and I had only been training for like a couple weeks, but I was like, yo, like Akira Tozawa's like giant senton bump, like let me get that. Because I was like, I want to do that move and hit people with it. And, you know, I, I took that first bump and the mat, even, even the ring wasn't warmed up. Like it was. Yeah, just bro. Warm. Out in the cold, bro. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> that's yeah. Crazy. I felt all of that. <laughs> like, I could yeah, imagine, bro. Did. Oh my gosh. So you yeah. just like, you wanted to practice the bump. Yeah. So you just like, Ooh, off that, the top rope and everything. No, nope. that takes some cojones, <laughs> brother. That takes some cojones. <laughs> that's crazy. I that's so sick. I, no spring, just straight kung. <laughs> I was like, oh. The wind had to be knocked right out of you. Straight oh, yeah. up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then, like, Ooh. and what makes it funny was, like, Sicken looked me in the face, and he was like, did we learn a lesson today? I was like, yeah, we did. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 Got to preserve the bumps, and that's something uh, that's something I'm still working on a little bit of learning, you know, the bump card and learning to like, all right, you know, take it, relax here a little bit, you know, and you can maybe go a little crazier here, you know, and just kind of learning that sort of ebb and flow protecting yourself in pro wrestling, which, uh, you know, you got to take a good amount of crappy bumps to realize that, which, you know, I'm sure we both have. Well, what's funny is that, like, uh, I've learned, I've learned at other schools, right. That, uh, well, I've learned from other people that go to other schools, like, I'm not going to mention the school's name, but the person who, I, if they're paying attention, I don't know. Uh, but their trainer teaches them to take the bumps wrong so they know how it sucks so that they know how to take it right. And I thought that was a very interesting concept that, like, you would teach someone wrong, right? Because they're like, hey, yo, did that suck? Yeah, okay, well, then let's do this and change this up so that way you know how to do it right so that way you don't have to do it wrong. And I was like, it's a great concept. I was like, I could never imagine, like, I remember uh, I, I was helping the kid learn how to do a front bump, right, or a face bump, and yeah. um, he just – I told him, I was like, listen, you know, you don't put your leg eyes aside, protect the boys, like, you know, as you hit, you know, and I was telling him, like, fall into the diamond, and, man, this kid just jumped into it, flat, hips thrust it out front, 
and then all you hear is yeah 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 you gotta be careful with the front bumps the face bumps you gotta be careful with those man you gotta make sure you get that down pat man uh but i do think that's i I think that's a very interesting method i think uh if they take the bumps if they take the bumps i think you show them how to do it correctly if they do it incorrectly, you know, maybe you're like, all right, do the bump like that again. Or, like, you know, they realize after they take the bump, like, hey, man, that that sucks. I definitely don't need, like, like the dude who took the, uh, you know, you told him how to do it. And he took the bump wrong. So now he knows how it feels to do it wrong. So he better correct it or else it's going to suck again next time. So. And what was so funny is that everybody watched that man take that bump wrong and they all started doing it correctly. And I was like, no, it's weird. I was like, it's yeah. weird. The lesson that we learned today, right? And I, I, I've learned this. I learned this back in like like my sophomore, junior year in high school, right? Was uh, uh, a foolish man will learn from his mistakes while wise men will learn from the mistakes of others. And I'm like, that is, that is deep. And so watching this man flatten down, just smash his dick into the mat and then like just curl up. And everybody else was like, yeah. all right, well, Cliff. Can I do that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They learn. They learn from somebody else's failure. But that's a that's a that's a dope saying. That's a very dope saying. But that's a <laughs> that's a rough bump. Yeah. Hey. So speaking of like lessons learned and bumps taken and stuff like that, what's one of the hardest lessons that you've had to learn being in the business? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, patience. Patience. Um, I think patience is probably. The biggest one, uh, patience and gratitude, you know, being patient for what's to come, not really trying to rush anything, uh, and also being grateful for the moments that I've had, for what I have, but also still being hungry, finding that balance of, of patience, you know, of being content where you are in the moment and being grateful for everything that you have around you but also still having that hunger to sort of drive your next step, you know? But I, and I think that's uh, one of the beauties of pro wrestling of like, you know, it's, and it's also going to teach you resilience. I feel like it's taught me a good bit of resilience because, you know, fairly before in my life, like there have been times where, you know, I've, you know, like sporting stuff I've pushed through, but eventually I've always sort of conceded. And with pro wrestling, there's been times where I failed, fallen on my face, got humiliated, but I got back up rallied and did even better the next time and i think that's uh one of the great things of pro wrestling of you can fail so many times and it's important to fail i mean with anything it's important to fail you know but with pro wrestling you need that failure you need those reps which kind of goes into the patience you know and you need to have gratitude for those failures because they make those successful moments even better and you know like i've been i've been grateful to have you know a lot of great moments within these independent wrestling companies you know, and before I'd find myself, you know, just kind of wanting and striving for more, but through that patience and just sort of having gratitude that I've been blessed enough to even have these specific moments and these specific, uh, you know, instances with like, you know, my family get to see these moments and stuff like that. And just having gratitude for that, but still having the hunger to continue to drive. And I think that's a lot of what pro wrestling teaches, teaches like it teaches patience, persistence, resilience, and gratitude. You know, but it's very, but, you know, with the, say on the same coin, you know, you flip it over and it's tails. 
pro wrestling also has a lot of negativity, a lot of, you know, greed, a lot of people just thirsting for more, a lot of power hungry people, a lot of fear. So, you know, it's, uh, and it's just like with life, you really choose what route you want to take with that. But I think pro wrestling has taught me a lot of valuable lessons. And on top of that, on top of it all, work ethic, working hard. I've never worked as hard for anything in my life than pro wrestling. And it's taught me how important that is in all facets of life. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that's like, as you get into this business, you realize like, man, like I gotta, I, I gotta keep putting in the work and keep, keep getting mastering my craft as most people would call it. Right. Yes. And the more you, the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. It's really, it's really weird. What's, I don't say weird because other people are like, well, duh, this was happening. But what I, I think about was I, I, I've heard other people say this, right? Like whatever your output is, it should be your input. Right. So if you're putting out like, going to training and stuff like that and you're working yeah. out at the gym and you're doing all for pro wrestling you should be at like um something between like four to eight hours but if you're doing four to eight hours you should be doing four to eight hours of like match studying too and that's how you're going to learn to get those reps and stuff and yeah. i really believe that i was like started i started thinking about that so i started implementing stuff like watching other match films and i'm not and i know like when you're normally at schools and stuff like that that there'll be something that people will tell you to do is like watch this match and you know break it down but it was something that I had learned from other wrestlers that was like, well, you should watch the match at least three times, right? Yeah. Once watch yeah. it because you wanted to watch the match and then watch, you know, the wrestlers and their reaction. And then the next time, just mute everything and just watch the crowd. And I was like, yo, that's like an interesting concept on like certain spots. Because like, by the time you watch it the third time, you already know everything that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So you should, you should be able to be like, all right, this is that moment that happens. And, um, it's crazy to think back that like when I watch those matches and stuff like that, I'm like, bro, this is the breakdown of this is is wild. So yeah. I've like re re started to re study matches. I guess if that's the right word to say. And that's and- crazy. That might have just added a whole new thing to my game, you know, because I, I I've I've heard of watching them, rewatching them, watching them sort of one way, and then you know watching again the other way. But I think. I think you might have just put me on to something here. So I might have to start rewatching, rewatching some matches and, and watch them, uh, just watch to see the crowd's reaction. So that's, that's, that's very valuable. Hell yeah. Everybody here, man, you all getting lessons, right? This is why we say like, this is now entering 101 because, you know, we, it's an education lesson, right? You get this. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. But before we hop into my favorite segment of the podcast, I do want to ask this one question. I haven't asked in a little bit and sorry for that, for those who have been, like consistently watching uh but seeing that you've been traveling around i need one do and one don't of the locker room oh 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 one do and one don't of the locker room uh, you know i'll say one do one do would be i mean just try to be as cool and copacetic with everybody as you possibly can be, you know, just be super, just be super chill with everybody around, you know, and then, you know, be, be gracious, be giving to have patience with the people in the locker room. You know, it can be very easy to, you know, get frustrated at certain things, especially if you're in a cramped room or it's crowded or, you know, somebody, or, you know, there's like one chair that's there and then it's taken, you know, and it's just like, just, you know, we're all, we're all, we're all wrestlers trying to understand and make it in here. You know, I think if we all just kind of had each other's backs and, you know, helped each other out a little bit more, like, Hey man, you know, you want this chair here. It's like, you know, whatever little stuff like that. I think that's a big do of the locker room. And I think a big don't is, well, it kind of, 
I would wash your gear. Do wash your gear. One of the don'ts is a do. Do wash your gear. Because honestly, I'm I'm a pretty easygoing guy. It doesn't take too much to really irk me or you know piss me off. But like, if your gear kind of stinks, man, that's a little bit of like, ah, oh, come on, man. It's like, dude, you know. But that's like that's that's really kind of the uh, the biggest one I could think of. I mean. Yeah, yeah, and also just don't don't be a don't be a d bag, you know. Those are those are like the the don'ts, the don'ts, you know. And I think those are pretty common just all around the wrestling uh, bubble. You know, it's funny for me. Like one of the don'ts that I I kind of like touch on every once in a while, and I didn't know this was a thing, and I didn't learn this lesson right personally. I learned this lesson because of somebody else. Don't fall asleep in the locker room. <laughs> like, Ooh. You know. Ooh, why did they get a, the old the old little ripski? They got they got ripped for falling yeah, asleep. A couple a couple of people were making fun, and then also that person has not been back in the locker room, as far as I know, to this oh. at a certain promotion. Wow, so it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, don't don't do that. Don't be that. That's guy. a good one. That's a good one. Don't don't be don't be catching some Z's in the locker room. That's valid. <laughs> That's valid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Batman. What, what we're going to do is we're going to take this to my favorite part of the three count podcast, and that is the three count podcast, 10 count questions. Mr. Quay, this is how it works. I'm going to fire off 10 questions at you rapid fast. Whatever your answer is, that's your answer. Dope. So we're going to put on an imaginary timer for added pressure. All right. Oh, oh man, I'm nervous. Oh, and in man. the words of my favorite color commentator, Mike Goldberg, here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Smackdown. Favorite movie? Spider-Man. Either one or two or three. Okay. Well, this is going to be easy then. Marvel or DC? Uh, Marvel. Are we going to do favorite cartoon? Spectacular Spider-Man. Let's go. PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Favorite actor? Tobey Maguire. Let's go. Favorite podcast? Uh, Three Count Wrestling, baby. That's right. Three count podcast. That's what it is, baby. It's like, no, we have, count we have, like you know, it's right there. It's right here. <laughs> uh, nominate one person you want to see on this podcast. Uh, Ian Bush. <laughs> bet, bet. We'll def- yeah, definitely want to get Ian on the show. And then last oh, but yeah. not least, my favorite, my favorite question asked every single person who comes on this show, favorite curse word. Oh, man, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, I tend to, uh, I do tend to overuse uh, the F bomb, you know, but uh, I like a nice uh, goddamn, you know, throwing it nice, like, <laughs> oh, goddamn, kid, or like, goddamn, you know, I, I, I like that one. I like that one. That's a pretty fun one as well. You know, I like hell. I, I say hell yeah a lot. I mean, I don't like hell, but I like saying hell yeah. So I guess that, that's kind of one of uh, one of the big ones for me as well. But yeah, those are probably uh, my most used curse words. Yeah, I I agree. Those are all. Great. And by F bomb, I mean F U C K. I just don't yeah. want to be too potent on this podcast no. right now. <laughs> Fuck, there's a lot to be said in this podcast. <laughs> all right, that's valid. That's valid. It's not like we got monetized by YouTube anyway, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> but man, well, those are all my questions for you, man. So the last thing I just need from you is to let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. Well, you can find me on Instagram at Matt Quay underscore A H. You can find me on Facebook at just Matt Quay. You can find me on TikTok, Matt Quay AH. You can also find me on Twitter. I believe it is also Matt Quay AH. So find me any of those places, AH for the American Hammer, and uh, you'll, be, you'll be entertained, baby. <laughs> 
Well, there you go. He told you where you can find him, gave you all your handles. And, uh, you know, what that means is like every part of a wrestling match, our favorite part of a wrestling match, we got to take this home. Because this is the Three Count Podcast presents Now in Ring, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, a man that leads you up that mountain called wrestling. And like every good Sherpa, it's never about me. It's about who's entering. So who's entering? You see him right there. The American Hammer himself. And you guys know what to do. Tune in to the next episode and be there. Or you're really just waiting for uh, to follow us on all of our social media platforms. You're following us on Spotify. You're subscribed to our YouTube channel. You're even checking us out on Amazon Music because we're there. You're leaving those, what is it, five-star frog slash reviews. You're also checking us out on iHeartRadio or however their little jingle goes. I think that's how it works. Uh, you're buying all of our merch. You're telling your friends, your family, your enemies, your dogs, your cats, your pet bird whatever you know all about us and uh you're doing all this stuff or you're really just kind of waiting for this episode to end you're waiting for the outro and then you're choosing another episode to listen to that's a good choice kawaii